0: From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy
1: Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Hey folks, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Superpower School podcast. I'm your host Paddy Dander and on today's episode I have somebody who's going to blow our minds because she has a superpower that I feel we don't focus on enough. And I don't know too much about this subject matter myself, but I'm going to use this opportunity to explore this further. So I have the amazing Amanda Monnier. Who is an energy healer and a coach, and she's here all the way from the other side of the world? Where are you from, Amanda?
0: Hi, Patty. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I am actually in California, Southern California, more most of the time. So, yeah, just love and spending this space with you today. I'm excited.
1: I'm so jealous. I am so jealous. <laughs> honestly, it's not fair. I think. You don't need to give anyone any energy healing over there. You need to bring it over here because we (laughs) really really need it in this cold weather that we're getting. So, yeah.
0: I'll bring 17 jackets and a beanie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. So, Amanda, could you tell us the superpower that you're going to bring to this episode? Yeah.
0: And I'm so excited about it. We were just talking about this. So, One superpower that I believe that we all have is a unique soul frequency, a unique soul blueprint, if you will. So we're all templated for something so different. And it's all about just releasing all of the conditioning and the painful loops and programming that's keeping us from being able to access the potency of our unique magic. So however we can... Fill that, bottle that into like a one superpower, unique soul frequency, unique soul blueprint, I would say.
1: Oh, right. You're going to have to break that down for me even further. So we're going to explore that on this episode, which I love because it sounds very intriguing. So the closest I can think of is I've always said to people, I love hanging out with people that are positive and I feel a certain energy coming from them. And when I'm around negative people, I feel it kind of drags me down a little bit. And so I can spend some time in that zone, but then I have to very quickly move away and try and uplift myself again. And often people say, Paddy, why are you always happy? Why are you always upbeat? And it's because I think I just try and hang out with positive people and hope that rubs off on me. So is that in the right zone of me thinking about the work that you do about energy or have I completely missed the mark on that?
0: No, not at all. I think that's a very beautiful illustration because I always say you can't fake frequency. So when I say that, it's like we can I can say all these things coming out of my mouth, right? All the words, but frequency is felt at that deeper level. Like you're talking about that right now, like how you feel when you meet somebody and if it like feels really off or it makes your body want to close down. Or you meet those people where you meet them and you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to be around them more because they bring this really positive energy and this really positive vibration or vibe, if you will, to them. And that positive, really like expansive vibe, that is tied to that untapped, unique soul frequency that we each have in us because this is like a full expansion of our unique authenticity. And what happens is when we're younger, there's so many different factors that go into this, but we get conditioned to shut off these parts of ourselves. Like, for example, for me, it was like, oh, my gosh, I'm too much for people. I need to like dim it, take it down a notch or my light is too bright. Like people don't know how to receive me or love equals pain. And so we shut down slowly those parts and aspects of ourselves that are actually tied to our superpowers that are tied to our are the truth of who we are as a being as a soul because we look at we're in these physical bodies but we're multidimensional beings there's so much more to us there's so many more aspects to us than just this physical body we're experiencing and so often people are going about life in this very unconscious way right and so we're talking about fl- flicking that switch to a more conscious way of being and understanding that you actually are the creator of your reality and you're not a victim to it, as maybe we've been conditioned to believe.
1: And so Amanda, who would get benefit from the help and support that you're able to offer? Like people in what situation? So I'm just thinking about the listeners and the watchers out there who are thinking, oh, I'm not sure about this episode. Is this going to be for me? So could you shed some light on that?
0: Yeah. So I like to take it down and to a, a down-to-earth perspective. We all have emotions, right? We're all emotional beings. That's not something that's going to go away. No matter how much deprogramming you do or releasing of the stories and all the things that feel really heavy in your life, emotions are always going to be a thing. But there's a difference when we're experiencing life on these like painful emotional looping patterns. I'll give an example of my life. So my parents divorced when I was really young. I was six years old and I there was this abandonment wound that was created from that separation. And I believed it was my fault, even though I was six, it wasn't my fault. But it continued to show up in my life, in my dating relationships because of what I believed about love and about people leaving. And so I always am like, oh, it's the same man, different face. But this continued to show up in the men that I would date. They would literally reflect this back to me. And it would create these painful emotional patterns to where we would start dating and then there'd be a breakup and I would go into this emotional turmoil, this emotional disdensity. And so I would say for your listeners, anybody experiencing these painful loops of source where you're experiencing More density in your life than expansiveness, where you feel like there's this missing thing that you can't fully describe. And you're like, I know that life's not supposed to suck. I know I'm not supposed to go to my job and hate it every day. I know my relationship's not supposed to feel this difficult. There is another way. And it really comes down to releasing these patterns and these agreements or these beliefs that we continue to play out on a sort of repeat. Because if you take everything a person has learned, they're going to continue to just replay out the average. That's why most people stay in that very same state. And then you have like the 1% of people that you're like, how did they get to where they're at? It's all an extension of your belief systems and your identity structures, your consciousness, if you will.
1: Ah, So if I've got that right, so say if someone's been through some form of trauma or unhappiness, and they feel that their state of mind could be in a better place is that the sort of people that that you would say could really do with some of this support that you offer
0: yeah yeah i actually love working with emotions and helping people release that stuff because i the way the metaphor that i have found really helpful for people if you think of your physical vessel and your energy field as running so, computer software programs it's like We can take a look at this program. We're like, oh, this program is kind of outdated. Like you update your phone all the time, right? So why wouldn't we update the programming of our consciousness? So when we look at things and let's say, for example, money is a hot topic for a lot of people. They're like, oh, I really desire to have more money. But they're running these programs that are like, well, there's not enough money in the world inflation is just killing me, fill in the blank, right? We all have different stories. Maybe there's like some scarcity or poverty programs running. You can say affirmations all day long, but if you have these heavy things that you believe to be true, and a lot of them can go into that deep subconscious or that deep unconscious. And so I found for people, it's just really helpful to have someone kind of point these out. We can do a lot of this on our own but sometimes it is nice to have support of someone be like ooh did you notice this or what's going on here did you feel this because these things can be felt at that like that deeper unconscious level
1: ooh that sounds really interesting and so how did you get into this field amanda like was there a moment in your life when you discovered this thing and i want to know more or like what was your journey that would be really good
0: <laughs> yeah this one it always shocks people so i was actually a law enforcement officer that was my career. I had I did all the things that we were told to do, right? I went to college. I got I have two undergraduate degrees. I bought a house. I, I had all the things. I was in my career in law enforcement. I did that for about six years. And there was a point in time where I was like, okay, I have all the things we're told we should have, right, by societal standards. But I wasn't happy. And the reason I wasn't happy is I was so disconnected from myself and from my truth and I was living out all of these societal shoulds, rules, obligations. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do this for the next 10, 20. I, I would have had probably 25 more years working as a probation officer. And so I left that career. And there were a few twists and turns, but the condensed version of the story. I quit my job. I sold my home. And I moved. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in on my business. So it had been probably about an, almost 10 years now of kind of this deeper level of like inner discovery that I've been on this path. And part of the reason that triggered this was what I just shared about kind of this missing piece I always felt and also a very painful breakup that it was like, okay, I'm not supposed to be feeling these painful experiences on repeat. I just knew I wasn't. I knew that there was a better way. And so I was just determined to figure out what that was. And the more that I learned about how energy works, because even if you stick your hand under a microscope, there's going to be a point where you're going to see little spaces. We're just particles of energy vibrating together. And every that's what everything is. Everything is energy and everything contains a unique signature. So... That's why we all have our unique soul frequency and we're all different. There's not one person. It's like our, our fingerprints. No, no one person or no two people have the same fingerprints. So it's the same, the same thing in relation to your soul and what you are like templated for. And when I say that, it's all about what lights your soul on fire because it's going to be different than what mine is lit on fire. And it's really a process of tapping back into it. I always say it's a journey of remembering the truth of who you are because you can never lose that. It just gets mucked down by all the stories and shoulds and all the societal stuff we've been talking about.
1: If somebody were to come to you who needed some help with this, I'm just going to make up a fictitious example. So someone who's going through a hard time, they're not feeling like they're in the best sort of state of mind. Where would you start? What would you do as a first step with them?
0: Yeah, so there there are two things that I find to be really powerful and really significant, and the first thing is tapping into what it is that you choose, what is it that you desire, because so often we focus on everything that's going wrong. We focus on again, that's where the patterning comes in. I experienced this many times when I was working in law enforcement. It's like I'd wake up and I'd feel so uninspired, and then I go to work and I'd complain or I would be like, "This is terrible" or whatever we. I'm sure we've all experienced this in one area of our life or another. But the first step, I would say, is getting really clear on what it is you choose. And actually, if you're listening now, you can even do this. Closing your eyes and taking a deep breath and dropping into your body and dropping into your heart and actually asking yourself, what is it that I desire? What do I actually choose? Like If I had a magic wand right now, what would I choose? And actually feeling into what that would feel like, having what you desire. And then on the second side of things, the resistance, because you were explaining, like, if someone was coming to me, they're having a hard time. It's like we would start unpacking that resistance. And actually, if it's up to the surface, it's actually fairly easy to release out of the energy field. And then we just start moving that energy. And have a variety of different techniques that I use to help people move that energy. One very practical one that I will give people that they can use on their own is through the breath, is you can feel into your body and feel where. Everybody is intuitive. We just haven't been conditioned or taught how to tap into this. And when I say intuitive, like you were even speaking of this, when you walk into a room and you like sense someone is like having an off day or their vibe is kind of low, that's intuition. So when you have these things come up, you can just pause for a moment, drop into your body and sense where this is being held in your body because the body is so powerful. And this is actually what is tied to when we say dis-ease, when people have physical ailments start popping up, it's not a coincidence. It's because you have stored trauma or dense emotions that's in your energy field, in your body, and your body's trying to get your attention. It's It's something that we just don't talk about enough so people don't understand it.
1: Would you say you then are able to provide people with some practical ways in which they can then regularly condition themselves to start to release some of that energy or at least reprogram that energy? I think that was the words that you were using earlier. Is that the way it would work?
0: Yeah. So the couple components of really reprogramming is one, tapping into what it is you choose. And there's a component of taking inspired action towards that. And even just proclaiming, like, I choose the end result of whatever it is. And tuning into the frequency and the essence of that. And then when we get into the energy work piece, I have clients because that's when my clients don't need me, I'm like, okay, that's perfect. Like that's job done. I don't want a bunch of like if clients are coming back to me again and again for years and years. That means that they either have a lot of stuff going on or it's not something because my thing is is empowering others to be able to take control of their lives and their journey. So Absolutely. Like every tool and things that come through, people can use in their own life. There's a, so many different tools. That's why I always say it's not one size fits all. So whenever I'm meeting with somebody, it really just depends on where they're at in their journey. Like if someone's very new to this, I'm not going to take them into some like crazy energy healing session to where they're like, unless it's aligned. but we would start with where they're at and where they're what they're comfortable with. And one, the, one of the main things, a lot of people is that they're so disconnected from their body. So it's even just getting connected back in with the body and with the nervous system. And oftentimes too, it it can end up being a lot of inner child work or inner teenager work because what happens is these parts of us get stuck in time. And I'm doing air quotes because let's say, for example, you had a traumatic event as a child. Say you were five years old, you had a traumatic event and It wasn't like resolved. The trauma wasn't released. So that trauma, those imprints are still held in your energy field. And so that's how these repeats keep playing themselves out. That's why when you see two people fighting, it's literally just unconscious wounding going at each other. And so what we can do is go back to that event and we can connect with the essence of that child and we can, whatever that child needed, allow that release of that trauma from the energy field. So you're not carrying it around anymore.
1: The closest I can think of is yoga. I mean, I may have it completely wrong, but when you mentioned there about some of the practical ways in which you can help yourself is by breathing in a certain way and really going deep. The yoga something that's influenced some of this thinking. Hi, folks. Sorry for the quick interruption. But before we continue with this awesome episode, I have a huge favor to ask. If you're enjoying these conversations and you're finding it's giving you value in your daily challenges, then I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave a short review and subscribe to whichever platform you're either watching or listening to this episode on. That's it. Let's get back into the episode
0: see it could. Yeah. I have, I've done, practiced a lot of yoga. I'm actually a certified yoga teacher. It's a bit different, but it's also, again, it just goes back to what it is that the person needs in that moment. It may be more body connection and more movement. It's, again, we oftentimes get so disconnected from our body and then our nervous system's all out of whack because those fuses, so to speak, have been blown back using that example of the five year old when you're five years old. And so, it is about bringing that that situation into a state of harmony. So for some people, like yoga can be very powerful. And I've mentioned breath work a couple of times. So the there's a lot of science that goes into breath work and the way that we're breathing. Actually, I'll recommend can I recommend a book here? Cause I know we were talking about some books. It's called Breath by Nestor. His last name's Nestor. I believe his first name's James. And This book is really cool if you're interested in the science of breath work. So it's actually breathing in through the nose is so important. And I didn't realize the term mouth breather. I was like, I didn't realize the term was like kind of a silly term. But it was, there's actually a lot of science behind the health benefits of breathing in through the nose, because what it does is it stimulates the paranasal sinuses and it triggers the flow of nitric oxide, which gets energy moving in the body. So we're actually meant to be feeling energy flowing and moving in our body. And the reason why that hasn't happened for many people is because of this state where we're just kind of going through the motions of life. So if you're someone that is just kind of feeling a little bit stuck or like you're just waking up to like Groundhog's Day, then it might be time to bring a bit more awareness to first, how are you feeling? Like tuning in and maybe you never even connected with your body in this way. Just like Even just sensing different spaces, like are you feeling heaviness? Because your body is always going to be telling you what's going on. And to get into a bit more of like the energy work, so I actually work with the energy of the super conscious or the higher self, which contains all information and encodings about all of it. So we can basically look at it as this sort of library where, if there is trauma that needs to be resolved, I'm able to see that and help people through it and connect with them in that way. Because oftentimes it's like we don't want to see our own trauma. It's sometimes hard to see our own blind spots.
1: On the breathing side, it's reminded me actually when I tried a little bit of yoga way back. I can't say I'm very good at it now or that I practice it now, but one of the things that really stuck with me was about breathing and the fact that I remember the yoga instructor talking about how we've forgotten how to breathe. And part of that you mentioned there about breathing in through the nose, but also taking deep breaths because. Most of us take breaths that probably only go part way down, and we breathe out very quickly. but to actually take a deep breath is so beneficial, and it actually that's the way we should be breathing, but we've forgotten to breathe like that because we're taking these short, sharp breaths a lot of the time and and then when you do yoga, it's like, "Oh my God, this is so enlightening because." I'm actually spending the time focusing on my breathing and it just feels like it's it reinvigorates you. So I think there's definitely something in that that I've personally seen. And yeah. I mean, what is some of the other science behind some of the things that you do? What sort of, from a scientific perspective, what are some of the theories and research saying on this topic?
0: Yeah. So there, if you're familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza, there's a lot of science. He provides a lot of science around that sort of thing. So he might be someone to look into too. But for example, so I actually am certified in a certain modality called the rapid recode. Christopher Duncan was one of the founders of this work. And they've actually done scans of the brain when we're doing this type of energy work and recoding, and you're actually seeing the neural pathways rewire. So they've done scans while doing this type of work. It's actually so cool. I'm more nerd out on like, I'm very like kind of esoteric and like in that whole world. But when I saw the science behind it, I was like, oh my gosh, this stuff actually, it actually, I mean, I knew it worked, but I got to see the scan of the brain really rewiring those pathways because. That's again what creates our pattern. So if you think of even getting in a car, most of us that have been driving for a while, we don't think about all of the steps. We just put our keys in the ignition, we turn the car on and we drive off, right? But for someone who has, is like, let's say first driving lesson, like all of those little things, they're creating those new neural pathways. So as we start to create new habits and recode and release old ingrained behavior patterns and habits and it loops. It's like we're restructuring the energy field, but we're also creating that within the brain. And so it was just really cool to see that. And I might be able to get a link for you if it's something that if you have a lot of listeners who are really interested in the science perspective of this stuff, I'll try to find that video because it is pretty cool to see that going on. And I mean, I mean, I can speak from my own journey in my own life and just that down to earth, very practical experience of this being on this path for the last nine to 10 years and just seeing how different I feel. It's like, I feel like a completely different person because I am. And I don't, because some people even be like, oh, it's Wednesday and we're plugging along. I'm like, every day is like the same to me. And I just love my life because I've created it. And that's available to each of us. We've just been, again, told that you have to do these sorts of things. But when you start really tuning into, is this a yes for me or is this a no for me? It really creates space to where you're like, oh, wait, it actually is a no. (laughs) It is a no. And I can release this. I don't have to do it because your energy is really, it really is precious. And Another thing that can possibly help people is your human design. So you can actually pull up your, uh, it's tied to the soul's unique blueprint. So for those who want more of something tangible, you can put your information in. There's a variety of different websites. Genetic matrix is one. My body graph is another. You could put in your date of birth, place of birth, time of birth. And it's, it has some components of pulling on astrological information, but it'll give you your unique soul blueprint. So we there are five different types of energy. So for example, I'm a generator. So generators are meant to show up in a way that we're doing things that light us up. And so it's really important for us to be honoring our yes or our no, because if we're bundling our energy into stuff that doesn't light us up, it's going to lead to frustration and depletion. So it's really cool to understand your energy type and there's so much information that comes in that so if that's pinging for you and you're kind of wanting a little added bit of information that might be something to take a look into as well your human design chart.
1: Oh, that's great. Actually, I'll I think I want to check mine now and see if I'm a if I'm also a generator or not. I think I am, but yeah, let's test that one out. Yeah. And, and Amanda, you've worked with lots of clients. Is there any that you would like to share their story. So without obviously giving out names or anything personal, but just to show the power of this approach and how you've helped somebody move from here to here.
0: Yeah, I actually had a really powerful session with a client. This was last week, so it's fresh in my memory. We got on the phone and she was just in, she was so, so much density. She was crying. She was just having worst day ever. And there was just so much that was coming up to the surface. She's been navigating a lot of things in this past year with the loss of family members. And so we actually, even before we could get into doing some of her stuff, we just had to kind of clear even the density of the house that she was in because it was actually where a loved one had passed. So there was a lot of stuff going on. So we did a session and then by the end of the session she was laughing. Literally, she was like, I don't even know. I don't feel any of that density anymore. So it can literally happen in one session. It just depends on how layered it is and what it is each person's moving through. But the heaviness can be like literally cleared. So it's also really important to remember too that our beliefs are so powerful. So that's a lot of the times where we hear a lot do your affirmations, like say your positive statements. That's cool and all. But if you don't have that 10 out of 10 or you don't have that true belief in what it is you're saying, it's not going to land as though if you have that 10 out of 10 belief in what it is. So for people who are newer to this type of work, just kind of navigating in a way that fills the line for you because it's there's a lot of this that It's really starting to become more mainstream from what I've noticed in certain places, especially. And it's just it's I believe it's a game changer because I think that what we're able to do is, for example, I'm not saying that therapy doesn't have its place. But most times people go into therapy, they activate a story, basically thinking of it as like ripping the bandaid off. And then it's like, okay, bye. See you next week. But what if we activate the story and we release the story and we release all the emotional ties to it? We release all the attachments to it. We release all the trauma and pain associated with it. Okay, now the wound's healed. (laughs) like Why would we not subscribe to that, right? So that is just kind of, if I can illustrate quickly how this work has just impacted my clients and myself as well, to where now it's like, I'm so connected to my truth and who I am that it's just, you just move from this place of knowingness. You move from this place of flow. You move from this place of trust in yourself. And it's a bit of a process if you've been disconnected from yourself and living based on societal standards for 30 plus years like I had. It was something that I had to unlearn all of that so I could reconnect back in with what actually felt good and expansive. Because A lot of times we don't even ask ourselves how this feels to me. We look at, well, what are they going to say if I don't do this or the people pleaser in us or we don't want to upset people? There's so many different ways that this can show up in our lives, but there's definitely another way.
1: (laughs) Does this approach help people build more confidence in themselves, do you think? Because from something you were talking about there about people pleaser and then moving from that to a different state, I mean, I can think of. Myself, when I was growing up and I would say I was a people pleaser big time and I was I lacked a total amount of confidence. I was very much the last person to put up their hand in class. I was always the one who was quiet, sat in the back, dreading that the teacher would pick on me to answer a question. Now I've kind of shifted from there to I I do public speaking. I, I do training for a living. So I'm standing in front of people talking pretty much most of the day. And doing this as well, which is really cool. So would you say some of these techniques can help people build that confidence? Because mine's been more of a natural journey where I've maybe been forced into these situations and then I've had to figure out how I'm going to cope with it. But then I've loved it. And so that's helped me build my confidence. What would you say to those folks that are also in that situation where they do feel a little bit unconfident?
0: Yeah, I can really relate to this and what you were even sharing. My senior year in high school, I moved from a small private school to a very big school. And I was on like the varsity basketball team and I was dialed in on that. And I went to English class and the teacher was like, well, y'all are going to be given an oral presentation and such state. I left the school because of it. It was terrifying to me. It equaled death to me. It was something where my whole system, my whole body shut down and I was like, this is not safe. This is not safe. And so I actually went back to the smaller private school where it felt safe. And I left the basketball team because of one class, one oral presentation. I was the same way. I was that kid in college where I'm like, don't pick me. Like, like, I would avoid if I would do the extra credit and not do the oral presentation type of thing. So, to answer your question, I absolutely, because I've used these techniques on myself as far as stepping into that identity structure of someone who does things like this podcasting and speaking. And I have my own podcast. And I never would have, if you told me that I was going to be doing this 15 years ago, I'd be like, yeah, no. But really, again, and as a lot of this stuff is tied to, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe to do that because it was like, okay, if I get up in front of these people, one, what if they laugh at me? What if they judge me? There's so many different things like tied to it. And there were so many things from my childhood that were still causing me to feel like that was equal death. And it was just so unsafe to do that. So for those of you who are kind of in that same boat where you're like, oh my gosh, my confidence and these sorts of things, it's. I feel like it's twofold. So it's the releasing of the resistance. So releasing anything that is causing you to feel that way, that's causing your nervous system to go into overdrive, fight, flight, freeze response. And then it's also there is a component of taking action because at some point I had to start putting one foot in front of the other and going a little outside my comfort zone. So there's a difference. And it sounds like you were able to overcome it just by starting to do it and build that momentum in the becoming of this person who does these things. So that's part of it, too. It's like if you see yourself as somebody, maybe you see yourself on stage. It doesn't mean you have to go book a speaking engagement in front of 5,000 people, but maybe you can start by doing a Facebook Live or maybe you can start by identifying what comes up when you think about doing that speaking engagement for 5,000 people and what comes up in your body. Like, does your throat close up? Does your your stomach, does it curl under? Because these things are all indications and they're they're things that can really help you. In understanding where the resistance is to being able to do this to where it feels natural. And then again, of course, actually doing the thing because then you get more comfortable with it. You get better at it. It's like training. I'm uh, people that are training for whatever it is, fitness stuff or a triathlon. Like most likely, you're probably not going to show up to it and without training for it, right? You're going to train for it. You're going to prepare for it. So it's that practical aspect of it as
1: well. If I had someone to turn to who, knew all of this stuff. Maybe I could have fast-tracked a lot of that because it's taken me a lot longer maybe than it should have done. And so would you say people have to constantly reprogram themselves over time? Or is this like a one-time thing? Like say if you and I had a session and magically I'm now transformed, am I done? Or do I have to constantly keep focusing on my energy and making sure I'm still at the optimal level that I need to be at?
0: The way that I'll answer this is I believe we're ever evolving and we're always expanding. I truly don't believe we're going to be doing deep trauma healing and emotional loop, painful, all that kind of dense healing. I personally don't feel that way. I don't feel like that's something to where once it's released from the field, it's gone. But for example, there are things that might happen in your life where it may require an acknowledgement a releasing again we're ever evolving so the growth process is never going to stop whenever we're, we're always going to be on that path but as far as like these deeply rooted childhood wounds and all that kind of stuff I personally don't think that it's something that we're going to have to keep doing again and again it also depends like for me that abandonment wound that I held in my system for 30 years that was something that has taken it wasn't just like a one one and done type of thing, whereas maybe for someone else, like let's say someone's struggling with anxiety or something, it could be a situation to where they have one session and they don't feel it again, so it's just not one size fits all and it just really depends on what the person's going through and how deep it goes and if they're willing to let it go, that's another thing too. I don't ever convince people. Like I don't ever go in and try to talk people into believing that this work is powerful. They're either going to feel it for me and it's going to be for them or they're not. It's perfect. I'm not going to talk anybody into it because it's coming when it's coming from that place of like that soul pang and like, Ooh, I need to like look into this a little further. And I believe in this and I trust in this. There's a different component to it. And I've found every time that I've kind of Jumped into something where it's like, oh, yeah, this feels really good. It usually has something there for me and I learn something or I heal in a certain way or expand in a certain way. So I would say that it definitely, if I was meeting with someone and they're like, well, I don't think this works, but let's do a session, I honestly probably wouldn't take them on as a client. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I guess you have to be in the right state of mind and to make that step. It's a bit like coaching, right? A lot of people think, oh, I'm going to get a coach because they're going to do all the work for me when actually, no, the whole deal is you've got to put in the work and you've got to be prepared to put in the work. So there's no point in having that conversation unless they're prepared to put in that effort. So I totally get that. So Amanda, we're running out of time. And I know a lot of people, they ping me and they say, oh, Patty, you could have asked the guest these questions. And one of them that always comes up is resources. And I know you've mentioned some books as well along the way. Are there other resources that you could recommend, whether they be books? your website, further reading for people?
0: Yeah, I actually have a, I have a free community for people where I will sometimes show up and do like breath work or I'll do lives and things like that. So that one, people are welcome to join that. That resource for that is on my website, amandamonier.com. M-O-N-I-E-R is my last name. And yeah, I mentioned that book Breath by James Nestor. If you're interested in the science of breath work and how powerful breath work. If you want something a little more down to earth, a little more practical, another book that was very pivotal in my journey is called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. He has some amazing stuff. That one's really powerful for those of you who are kind of dealing with a lot of like emotional stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, this just seems like a lot. He just gives a very powerful perspective on being in the present and noticing what's coming up and noticing those little narratives and that voice that you often hear in your head that's maybe telling a really like unkind story to yourself, so that's a very powerful book, and of course, there's a variety of different sources and things. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that I would find to be helpful. definitely those two books. And, and then obviously there's different, there's all sorts of podcasts around if you're interested I mentioned the human design, so that's where I want to take it. So if you are interested in learning more about your human design, I would highly recommend that you can go on the uh, genetic matrix website or my body graph and you can pull your chart and then you could just find even a podcast if you want a little more information on the chart and understanding it. So those are, I would say my suggestions on where to start the, my, my free Facebook group the box and the human design chart.
1: Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Amanda. And I want to thank you for your time today. Really appreciate you getting up early to come on the podcast because I know we have a huge time difference between the two of us. And I think for eight o'clock in the morning, it looks like I've woken up at eight o'clock, to be honest. If I compare the two of us, you look like you're bright eyed and really full of okay. energy right now. Absolutely. So I think it feels like I'm in that time zone. But no, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: There you have it, folks. It's the end of another insightful episode. And as always, thank you so much for sticking around to listen to this episode and for helping support me and encouraging me to create more content for you guys. If you'd like to get in touch with me directly, you'll find my email address in the show notes or equally head over to the website and click on the contact link and I promise I will respond to every single message I receive I'm always looking for your feedback so if you'd like me to change things up or improve things I would love your opinions if there are topics that you would like us to do future episodes on or there are other great speakers that you are aware of then please do mention them and uh, we'll see if we can make it happen. Thank you once again.